Hello, welcome to Sonic Serial. I'm Jesse. And I'm Mark. And in this podcast, we take a deep dive into albums shit. That was your line. That's fine. Um, in this podcast, we take a deep dive into albums from some of our favorite artists, track by track. And today we are continuing with Radiohead's 1993 album, Pablo Honey. Recorded in Oxfordshire. Mm-hmm. That was your line. Yeah. So I did. And today we're talking about tracks three, four, and five. Track three is How Do You? Track four is Stop Whispering. And track five is Thinking About You. <laughs> Slow down. Okay. This isn't a marathon. <laughs> you have a whole drink in front of you. Oh, shit. Okay, so let's start off with um, track three, How You Do. How do... (laughs) (laughs) How do you... (laughs) Yeah, sorry. Uh, Track three, How Do You. (laughs) How do you do? (laughs) How you doing? (laughs) Okay, so let's start off with a bit of background. The Wendy Williams version. So this song samples the Jerky Boys prank call, which is, uh, as we mentioned in the in the other episode, the previous episode. That's how the album got its name. Yeah, Pablo, honey. Yeah. Please, honey, come down to Florida. We love us some prank yank. Prank yankers. Yeah. Some yank. We love prank prank calls. Yeah. Did you listen to Jerky Boys? Yeah, I did actually. Yeah. Um, back in the day. What's your favorite <clears throat> Crank Yankers um, character? Oh, Crank Yankers. Uh, Wanda Sykes. <laughs> I mean, she's not a character, but whoever yeah. Wanda Sykes played the I character. Agree. That's the best. Uh, okay, so... <clears throat> um, and Sarah Silverman's. Hers are good, too. Yeah. Okay, so upon the album's release, uh, critics really hated the song. And as a particular critic over at New Music Express put it, um, the track, why don't you say this in a critic's voice? A British critic's voice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, if you can hear the voice in my head. (laughs) It breaks the momentum of (laughs) Pablo Honey horribly. Throwing all of Radiohead's tortured sensitivity out of the window and leaving them sounding like beer-cutted losers from the class of 76. (laughs) Did you do it that way because it's a critic? I don't know what I was doing. Okay, so let's talk about some (laughs) lyrics for How Do You. Well, one of the lyrics or verses are... He lives with his mother, but... Oh. British. I'm not going to do this whole podcast. No, anymore. just the parts that are in British. He, he lives with his mother. <laughs> you want me to sing it, too? Yeah. No. He lives with his mother, but we show him respect. He's a dangerous bigot, but we always forget. And he's just like his daddy because he cheats on his friends. Like 
what do you think the song meaning is the meaning of the song or sort of the story of the song I think it's about encountering someone that is just an awful person okay you know and there's at least yeah I would say so the there's a lot of I think we've encountered someone like that once or twice in our lives we have <laughs> oh you have <laughs> I mean, we probably both have. Yeah, I'm saying we all have. Oh, the universal we. Yeah. Not the royal we. No. Okay. Well, uh, uh, people talking about their interpretation of the song's meaning from around the web, uh, somebody says, they agree with you. It's a song about bullying, a bully attempting to steamroller his way to success. And someone else said... It's quite possibly about the breakup of the Smiths, and particularly about Morrissey's behavior during the band's protracted legal disputes. The key to understanding this interpretation is to recall the John Lennon song, How Do You Sleep?, in which John sings bitterly about the split up of the Beatles. That is, that is some, like, that's kind of reaching for... <laughs> yeah, I think someone, whoever wrote that is bitter about the split up of the Beatles. <laughs> And the Smiths. Or the Smiths, yeah. More likely they're a Smiths fan yeah. if they're on a Radiohead. It's, yeah. Uh, somebody else says, it reminds me of the Sex Pistols. Tom York has a Johnny Rotten-esque delivery, especially with lines like, and he was a stupid baby, uh, turned into a powerful freak, and he's a dangerous bigot, but we always forget. <laughs> Do you agree with that? Don't turn this around on me. Yeah, sure, I agree with it. Um, I believe this is a song about a spotted, uh, spoiled kid. Who, a spotted kid. <laughs> no spotted perfect asshole. <laughs> uh, a spoiled kid. Yes, it's a song about a spotted perfect asshole. <laughs> it's about a spoiled kid. <laughs> Who grew up to be a perfect asshole. Right. Um, and someone else has said he could be aiming it at himself since it follows on from the track Creep and it sometimes seems he really hates himself. Hmm. Do you agree with this person's assessment? Mm. Okay, because there's hating yourself like, you know, oh, I just... Messed this I think up. It feels like he's <clears throat> painting like a caricature of himself. Like, you know, just kind of making fun of yourself, not taking yourself seriously. Mm. So maybe he's gone around and people have been like, You're such a spoiled brat, you're so sad all the time, and so he's just exaggerating that and being like, Well, here's this awful person. So he's he's eating that stereotype. Yeah, and leaving the crumbs. <laughs> I know you wanted me to say that. I did. Um, <clears throat> somebody else says this song is about the archetypical bully <clears throat> with an abusive dad. He feels powerless against his father, so he tries to feel powerful against others. Someone has daddy issues. Someone does. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about production 
and album context. So this track from Pablo Honey differs from the others on the album, whereas most of the album falls under alternative rock and post-grunge. This track has a straightforward grunge styling where Tom's voice is exaggerated to fit this description. Do you agree with that? Mm-hmm. I do. <laughs> uh, and do they... Pref- What's the live performance situation they perform this as a staple throughout the pablo honey tour um but it it has been ditched since in recent years it has been ditched since in recent years (laughs) you know what i'm saying so they don't they didn't they didn't play it after pablo yeah exactly that's a lot of words to say three (laughs) (laughs) three words get his head wait were you reading that from your notes no I was getting jumbled and trying to I don't ad lib. All right. Uh, okay, so usually we do um, misheard lyrics for the songs that we cover that we discuss because um, they're usually really funny. But I swear to you, none of the misheard lyrics for any of these three songs were very interesting. No. But we'll we'll just kind of do a token one. Yeah. So for the song, it's the original lyric was he's bitter and twisted, and the misheard lyric is he's better at twister, which, you know, if you're at a party and someone's just killing it at twister. <laughs> I felt like that did not need any comments. <laughs> It was such a bad, misheard lyric that we just have a moment in silence and bury it, but... but Sounds like a Seinfeld episode. (laughs) All right, so uh, let's talk about track four, please. Uh, Stop whispering. Stop whispering. This is one of Radiohead's first songs, and it was released as a promo single for college radio stations in the U.S. And it was originally written as a tribute to the Pixies, but ended up sounding more like U2. It's also the longest song on the album. I feel like it sounds more like the Stone Roses than U2, but maybe that's just my musical preference. Or maybe it's a combination of both. Which of your many personalities just came out? Jesse from like an hour ago (laughs) when we recorded the first version of this. Oh, snap. Uh, Okay, so they uh, recorded the demo when they were still known as On a Friday back in 1991. That's right. And this is their third single from the album and it was unsuccessful. So they have admitted the regret regret over releasing this as a single. I swear it sounds like you're reading this. (laughs) No, I'm just speaking from my heart. Um, All right, so uh, let's talk about the lyrics. First of all, um, what do you think it's about? 
I think it's about people not standing up for their rights, and it's also about <clears throat> self-expression. Oh, so you don't think it's about <clears throat> standing up for their rights and self-expression? <laughs> Those are two different things. It's, it's it either can, about standing can, up for your... Both. Okay, there's okay. no difference. There is. No, it's a double entendre. It's not a double entendre. Um, I think it's about... I think it's a song about rebellion and sticking it to the man. Or the woman. And what makes you think that? Um, the lyrics, dear sir, I have a complaint. Dear sir, I have a complaint. Can't remember what it is. It doesn't matter anyway. It doesn't matter anyway. And have you ever felt like that in your life? I feel like that right now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> okay, let's talk about some... Um, meanings, song meanings from around the web. Well, some have said, well, someone <laughs> said, this, stop. This song is a tribute to the band, the Pixies, who were a big influence on Radiohead. The Pixies were known for quiet verses leading into explosive chorus. This song, in which Tom York vented his ambivalent feelings toward authority figures, was created when Radiohead were still known as early on a Friday. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, okay, so with, you said a lot of words. What's, what are you really trying to say? They're just trying to sound like the Pixies. And um, Tom has an issue with authority figures. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, that's the takeaway. Uh, Someone else has said that it really shows how Radiohead has changed from an ordinary rock band to something much more unique and new. First of all, never qualify the word unique. If it's unique, it's unique. You can't be very unique. You can't be really unique. Because if you're unique, you're, you are one of one. So don't qualify unique. I can't do that. <laughs> anyway. Um, this is, without question, my least ra- Radiohead, my least <laughs> favorite Radiohead track of all time. I truly detest it. Okay, you just read somebody's, somebody's <laughs> else's comment, but do you agree with that? <clears throat> I thought you wanted me to say it. Um, well, no, if you I would have sounded s- like that was coming <clears throat> from the heart, <clears throat> I would have, but you were obviously reading it, so... I wouldn't... <clears throat> um, I wouldn't say this is my least favorite Radiohead track of all time. Which one is? Oh, we'll get there. <laughs> That's not a Radiohead song. <laughs> I thought you were a fan. Okay, um, somebody else said, oh, you read this one, because... They said it has a good guitar solo, and it could be used 
for a soundtrack to some slasher movie with Sarah Michelle Gellar. And you agree? Yes, I do. I <clears throat> I feel like a lot of songs from this album could be used in TV shows like Beverly Hills 90210 or Buffy. So from that era? Yeah, like <clears throat> 90s, obviously. But in like yes. high school or college yeah. settings. I agree with the Buffy <clears throat> thing. Buffy had a lot of... <clears throat> Um, I just see people like skateboarding in baggy pants when I hear Jenko this. pants? Yeah, when I hear this music. And like lots of denim. <laughs> denim? <laughs> oh, speaking of denim, what are we wearing today? <laughs> I feel like when I listen to podcasts, I want to know what people are wearing. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, and what does this have to do with Radiohead? Um, denim. Fashion icon. You brought up denim. Why did you bring up (laughs) denim? They're very... This is a very denim album. (laughs) Like, ripped denim. Okay. Okay. Moving on. So, in the band's own words, um, they did an interview with Queen Magazine in uh, 1993, in October. Um, You can be Ed and I'll be the reporter. Okay. So, you are Ed. (laughs) You are Ed. Okay. It's a new version <laughs> that they're playing. You know, we re-recorded it. Aye, the police <laughs> did that with Don't Stand So Close to Me. Are you going to keep re-recording it like an annual event? Oh, that was awful. Let's just not do accents. Okay. Or I'll do a soft British accent. I'll do it again. Aye, the police did that with Don't Stand So Close to Me. Are you going to keep re-recording it like an annual event? We were just never happy with the, the version on the album. For us, it kind of lost the plot, so we recorded it in a day and a half. It's it's more atmospheric now, like a Joy Division from the late 70s, early 80s. And now I'm... You do Tom, because you do a better <laughs> Tom. So then to that, Tom said... <laughs> it does... Wait, no, I can't. It does sort of blow to do that. <laughs> Come on. It does sort of blow to do that sort of thing, but it was quite old when we went into the studio and we didn't have an angle on it. Later on the album, we discovered what the angle was. (laughs) Oh, do you... What would you say the angle was? He doesn't say... He says he discovered what it was but didn't specify just grunge? Um, I think they're really just trying to lift the people up. Have okay. some, it's kind of positive sounding, which is rare, which yeah. is like a <clears throat> contrary to what they usually do, I guess. Yes. Um, and speaking of the video, before I get into that, when I listen to podcasts, I... I'm always interested in what people are wearing during the podcast. Um, so I thought that we could talk about what we're wearing just oh, to give people a oh, sense of... It's random. Okay. Well, because it's the video. It's the visual. Oh, so, I see. Um, so you describe it. You're okay, I'll just... describe you. Okay. You're wearing a gray Ren and Stimpy uh, t-shirt with some very dad-looking khakis. Um... Gray socks and some 
furry or fuzzy Adidas slides? They're more like fuzzy, fuzzy, like lamby. Um, like fleece. Yeah, like fleece. And you have some glasses on. And um, most would say your hair looks crazy. I think it looks disturbed. (laughs) (laughs) You have... Jesse has long, very um, wavy, thick hair. But right now it's up in a... I can't describe that. It's kind of like a shark fin. (laughs) But with like a knot on top. I don't know. And... um, you, Mark, are going for a David Lynch reporting the weather type of hairdo. <laughs> and you're just wearing a casual white tee with a pocket, with the one breast pocket, and um, some jeans that are cuffed up. And oh, orange and black socks, very Halloween. They're not orange, they're oh, like yellow. Mmm. Pumpkin. <laughs> They're like a burnt orange. And, and they have brown stripes on the top. Sandy Birkenstocks? I don't know what you call those. Um, yeah, sure. Okay. So, They're vegan. So vegan, ready for a night vegan Birkenstocks. on the town. Ready for a night on the town. <clears throat> Who knows what the night has in store after this is done. But now let's talk about somebody, other, somebody else's... Uh, Artistic vision. Um, does the song have a video? Yes, it does. Tell me about it. Well, the video was directed by Jeff Plansker, Plansker, who has done videos for Soundgarden and Ten Thousand Maniacs, and it's set among a dystopian junkyard <laughs> environment, and it features clips of bees, a man getting into one of those old giant deep diver suits, and it's just a bunch of abstract contraptions with like nails and stuff sticking out of it uh and the band has very interesting hair in the video much like yours yeah um they all have long hair well yeah kind of long yeah and tom especially has long bleach blonde hair which is a look we i think that's the only time you sported that look um, and the band is uh, not at all proud of the video, right? No, because of Tom's hair. <clears throat> no, that's not why. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, we kind of know why. So they <clears throat> gave an interview um, to New Music Express um, in June 21st, 1997. And um, uh, Colin Greenwood is saying that as he thinks about some of the other video crimes that the band have committed... I'm curious to see what what he would think those are besides this one. Yeah. Um, He can barely talk about the stop whispering whispering effort. Uh, He says that they were persuaded by the American director to dress in linen. God forbid. Mm. It was probably after after September. Yeah. Uh, And have some kind of bizarre headgear. And he forced them to strike cute poses that maybe the intention was to make them seem very English or whatever, but they just ended up looking like royal prannies. So, see, fashion icons. Um, what is a, a pranny? It's a 
UK slang term for ge- female genitals. You just knew that? Yeah. I, they used to call me that <laughs> when I went to London. <laughs> anyway, it could also mean a fool or an idiot. So. <laughs> Did they call you a royal branny? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's... That's a big accomplishment. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's talk about production. Let's not. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> so, <clears throat> Stop Whispering is played at 122 BPM Allegro. What does Allegro mean? Slow? <clears throat> so it's determining... I thought BPM was no, the speed. Allegro isn't slow. I don't know. Like, make it 100 beats per minute, but make it slow. Or 31 measures slash bars per minute and with a time signature of 4-4. Four, four. The single was mixed by Chris Sheldon with violins and without voices in the middle part or guitar solo in the end. Wait, say that again. I didn't catch that. It was mixed by Chris Sheldon with violins... So the whole song is violins, but without voices in the middle part, or a guitar solo at the end. Are these things that are expected? Voices in the middle part and a guitar solo at the end? I don't know if they're talking about the, like, channels or stereo balance where Mm. the voice is in the middle. Or if they're talking about the song structure, like, the, are there voices in the middle part? You've never heard the song before. <laughs> I, I just listened to it right now. And we did just listen to it. It's not one of those songs where I can, like, study. Like, I, I'm just not into it. Okay. Uh, reviewers disagree with you. Okay, one reviewer from Rolling Stone uh, disagreed with you and said that this is equal parts delicate and raging. And it's quite uplifting in message and tone. Probably the only song of its kind on Pablo Honey. Yeah. It feels like a song you can run to. <laughs> You're a runner. Do you run to have you ran to the song before? No, absolutely not. It's so corny. <laughs> Alright, who is um <laughs> Who else said things about this song? Well, co-producer Paul Q. <clears throat> Caldery, Caldery recalled in Q Magazine, we tinkered with it a bit. It was kind of a sprawling thing, and we weren't sure how long it would be. And it ended up being the longest song on the album. Right? Yeah, like around five <clears throat> minutes. Okay. Um, what about album context? How does this fit into the rest of the album? I think it shows off shows how the albums can start off strong with a lot of variety, uh, where most of the songs have been gloomy or angry, and this is a bit on the uplifting, positive side of things, which is something we rarely hear from Radiohead. Is this the one that the, all their moms liked? No. Oh. <laughs> is that the next song? Yeah. It seems like if they would like this one, too. Yeah, it's a nice, yeah, easy listening. Um, do you think their parents went to see them live? 
I think so. Just for the VIP benefits. <laughs> I think if this was my band, my parents would not come see me live. Really? Yeah. Just even to support you, just have like earplugs in. Maybe if they were like in a, if they're in some like air conditioned box where they could turn the sound down. <clears throat> Jeez. Mm-hmm. Okay. So tell us about this song being played live. Well. They often played this song between 91 and 96, and sometimes between 93 and 95. It was then played at the start of 96, and dropped from there on. Are you reading this? No, I'm telling you, it's in my my data box. (laughs) What did critics say about its live performance? They say it generally translated well to live performances. Good. Do you agree with that? Um, I I don't really know because I don't. It just. It's not a song that grabs my interest, and I can't be fully invested in it. Um, well, it it underwent a few structural changes over the years. Um, and always included a far simpler version of the part just before the final breakdown. Um, what does Tom say during the final breakdown? He says it doesn't matter anyway. And then sometimes he says, Fuck you. <laughs> just like just that. Just the end of the song? <laughs> well, after he says that, yeah, it doesn't matter anyway. And then they do the fuck you. And then they just like go crazy. Huh. With some trivia for this track. It's one of the songs that convinced their managers to sign them. And they also recorded the song. They re-recorded this song when they released it as a single. And where it's slower and it has strings and it's been dubbed the U.S. version. So the single um, release... Single, yeah. The U.S. single the is single slower. The single release, the video, slower. yeah, it's slower. Okay. And what about covers and remixes? Well, Jimmy Eat World did a cover. Jimmy Eat World. Jimmy Eat World. <laughs> you know them? Is that his last name? Eat World. <laughs> Jimmy the, Eat World. The band Jimmy Eat World <laughs> did a cover <laughs> on um, April 20th, 2013. 420, bro. <laughs> and I guess the re-record also counts as a remix. And then uh, in 2001, a a band called Dot Fash did a um, a cover or remix. Wait, I don't know. We'll have to listen to these. Then Kyle Richards and the TM Collective did um, one of those two things in September of 2016. And the latest is Joshua Wayne Hensley in 2021. We have not listened to any of these. But we will, and we will oh, play. I just listened to the demo, oh. and it's weird because it's it's uh, 
I think it's he screams in it. Here, I'll show you. Okay. What about the song rankings? Um, it looks like it was popular in Australia. In where? Austra- Australia. <laughs> yes, it was released as a follow-up to Creep on February 7th. 1994, and it peaked at number 131 on the Aria singles chart. This is in Australia? Yeah. Okay. Where? <clears throat> and it reached number 23 on the U.S. Modern Rock Tracks chart in October of 93. Again, crappy misheard lyrics. Uh, the original is, Dear Sir, I Have a Complaint. And the misheard lyrics is... Dear sir, I have a corn taint. Hold on. <laughs> there. Oh, wait. <clears throat> Thank you. So. <laughs> Sorry. Stop. I, I'm not doing anything. They really liked it. So. This one we could not find a misheard lyric for, so we just made that one up <clears throat> in, in full transparency. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Let's, we're in the home stretch now. This is track five, Thinking About You. What did the critics say about this song? They said that this is Radiohead's first primarily acoustic song, Thinking About You, and it is a driving downcast Tom showcase. Much derided by fans for its poor lyrics and relative simplicity, others think it has a ton of charm. It's a trademark of early Radiohead song, and it shouldn't be overlooked. Do you agree with... That's a lot. Yeah. What parts do you agree with and what parts don't you? That it's a <laughs> downcast Tom showcase. Okay. Which I don't, I mean, I don't agree with that. Oh. I just understand it, where they're coming from. Okay. Maybe they mean downcast in terms of energy. Probably. No. Yeah. 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 The uh, softer side. Maybe that's what they're trying to say. The softer side of Tom. Softer side of Tom. Uh, what'd you do, Tom? What? We're doing um, Buck, Mary, Kill at <laughs> yes. this point? Oh, I didn't think we'd get here th- this early. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> no shade. Okay, Tom, Ed, and... Johnny... Fuck Mary Kill. Oh, those three? Yeah. <clears throat> oh god. No, you do it. Uh-uh. You don't know. Um No, I do know. <laughs> <laughs> I did uh <laughs> Fuck Ed. I'd marry Johnny <laughs> and then kill Tom. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is, I think this is over. 
Okay. I'm sorry. Um, there are two studio versions of this track. The first one with a faster. Wait. Okay. The sure. first one with a faster tempo, um, and more guitars was released in the in the Manic Hedgehog demo. Mm-hmm. Um, and later on the EP's Drill and Itch. <laughs> the Drill and Ditch. Um, which with different mixing. Uh, which one do you like better, or you don't care? Don't care. Okay. Um, and I like the studio album version, the better. one that's on the album. Okay, so you do care. Well, I've never heard these ones actually. Oh. <clears throat> and what about the second recording? The second recording became an acoustic ballad and was released on Pablo Honey, which is why we're talking about it now. All right, so let's talk about some of the lyrics. Why don't you Why don't you take us through a lyrical journey in a British accent? No, come on. <laughs> it's just a few words. Come on. Been thinking about you, and they say rest. Shall Is that Reese Witherspoon? <laughs> Did that sound? So- I didn't say the deep south. Oh my god. Try it again. That's how we're gonna do this mm. podcast. Just do different accents. Okay. Been thinking about you and there's no rest. Shall I still love you? Should still see you in bed. But I'm playing with myself and what do you care when the other men are far, far better? All right. Um, so, oh, how did you just kiss yourself? I've never seen someone do that. Before. What? <laughs> You've never seen that? Okay. So the lyrics in "Thinking About You" tell a story about insecurity, desperation, and just a hint of masturbation. Um, another possible interpretation is that it focuses on um, the experience of being left behind by someone who has achieved fame. Yes. Both possible. Yes. Uh, so let's talk about what people around the world, um, wide web, have said about this. One person said, I actually think this song is meant to be satirical. It is about our obsession with celebrities. <clears throat> and the next... A uh, person said, this whole song isn't about wanking. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, this person says, in my opinion, but if Johnny says it's about wanking, then I think the playing with myself line is, but not the whole song. Okay. Um, and this actually uh, represents <laughs> a very bitter battle that is happening on Reddit about this song 30 years later <laughs> um, where, where um, there's, a, there's a back and forth about whether this song is about wanking or whether it's not um, so the next person says I have no problem with Radiohead talking about masturbation they are my favorite band and I love them it's a good song alright so here's somebody who is accepting yeah. of the fact that it might be about wanking. 
But then the next person says, <clears throat> my take is that she went off and left him for bigger and better things. And the playing with yourself line is about how he's alone playing his acoustic guitar while she's off doing great things. So this is a wank denier. Um, and then that somebody else says, in all caps, with many exclamation marks, It's not about wanking. <laughs> the fact that it mentions playing with myself doesn't mean that it's what the whole song is about. I don't see why everyone is so focused on that one line. Why don't we say that this song is about kissing people's feet or buying cigarettes? <laughs> Is this the view? <laughs> um, People are really emotional about them not wanting this song to be about wanking. You know, because it's like, it's here in America, people say like, you know, you you guys let that person run by, what were you guys doing? You guys are just jerking off. Wait. Like, doesn't, like, jerking off, like, mean, like, you're not doing anything about it. You're just, like, being lazy or complacent. You're just, like... What? You know, and then you call someone a jerk off. And you're just, like... No, the... Like, you guys playing with yourself, just get back to work. When all they're doing is just, like, sitting on a chair. Never mind. I feel like I just walked into another room. <laughs> and somebody was having a conversation with their college professor. <laughs> about about physics and string theory. What? <laughs> what I was trying to say is that there's people that really don't want it to be about masturbation. Because... It seems like they think that Radiohead would never stoop that low, right? Yeah. Or that talking about that is, is like too mid for them. It's too, it's like basic. Yeah, it's too sellout. Yeah. Um, and then the other sort of half of the conversation of the argument is saying, like, it's fucking rock and roll, man. Yeah. Of, of course they would talk about masturbation. Well, there's like, Yeah. So we just saw a movie last night. Do you think it's about? Remember, where about it's about these girls that you think are Satanists, but they're actually. Oh yeah, we summon the darkness. Yeah, where they actually are like holy rollers, like people yeah. that are saying that if we so, if we make it seem like Satanists are killing people, then people will come to God. Yeah, <clears throat> it's like that. Um, okay. I mean, let's talk about production. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Did you want to finish that thought? <laughs> I can't even think about it. Okay, then let's talk about production. I guess. It, so this song... <laughs> stop doing that. It has an acoustic guitar, somewhat electric guitar, or like soft electric guitar, and a... Did you say someone's electric guitar? <laughs> no, it has an acoustic guitar and someone's electric guitar. And it has a pump organ, which I believe is used later in their song Motion Picture Soundtrack off of Kid A. 
And do you know the other <clears throat> um, word for a pump organ? A harmonium. A harmonium. And why, listeners, do we know what a harmonium is? Because we we heard Bjork playing it in our last wait in our episode about Anchor Song. Yes, we did. Yeah. <clears throat> but just to refresh everyone's memory, we will um, pull that sound effect from the archives and play it now. <laughs> All right, and uh, who was this played by? Who was this pump organ harmonium? It was played by Johnny, Johnny Greenwood. Doesn't it sound like a pump organ is something that the people who uh, are fine with it being masturbation would play? Yeah. And the people who are not would I know. say... I wonder if they did It's not a pump organ. It's a harmonium. No, I was just thinking masturbation is also synonymous with self-love. It could be interpreted that way as well. Oh. Is it? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay. And thinking about you is also written in the key of G, open key, notation 2D. Is that like not 3D? <laughs> what kind of weird villain laugh with that is that? Okay. Let's talk about the album context. So this is track five. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us how it fits into the album. Well, like I said... It displays variety in how they've had these full-on conventional full band rock stuff and they break it up with this acoustic mellow song. And so I still think it keeps in with the themes of not feeling good enough or having a low sense of self-esteem like they did in Creep. So the <clears throat> the theme is still dark, but the, um, the execution of the song is... It's like soft. Soft. No drums. Minimal. No crumbs. (laughs) Actually, this song... Oh, Ice Spice just entered the room. (laughs) This song actually (laughs) left a lot of crumbs. Yeah. Uh, This whole album... Including the live performances. Um, Did did this live performance leave crumbs? (laughs) Yes. No, I'm just kidding. It's not giving. That means the same thing. Yes, but it's not giving. I don't know. Is someone pulling a string on your back? <laughs> you are. Okay. Um, what he means is that um, Thinking About You was played uh, uh, to a varying degree between 1991 and 1998 on tour. Um it was the sole acoustic song on Pavel Honey, and it was typically played solo by Tom, typically late in the set um, of their performances. Um, and it was also played with a lot more dynamic contrast. Um, and some say that, uh, that this reminds them of uh, scenery chewing in a film um, compared to the studio cut. Mm-hmm. So tell us about scenery chewing. It's like where they ate that. I left no What are you on? <laughs> Same thing you're on. 
true. You are doing the same thing. Um, scenery um, chewing. Scenery s- chewing. Like stealing the scene, like being overdramatic just for the sake of... Yes. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Showing off. No, it's like overacting. Being the center of... It's overacting. Action? Yeah. You've been an extra on many films. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen an actor chew the scenery? I have chewed the scenery. <laughs> <laughs> no, I... Maybe. I don't remember. I'm not gonna, um... This isn't that type of show. <laughs> oh, no. This isn't I'm not awesome. gonna throw any celebrities under the bus. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> any other interesting aspects <clears throat> about the song? It is actually a favorite of Colin and Johnny Greenwood's mother. Even though it's about wanking. Mothers. So, yes. It was also Tom York's mom's favorite song. Mm-hmm. So, all the moms. Happy Mother's Day. <clears throat> Happy Mother's Day. Um, what would your mom say if you gave her this album for Mother's Day? <laughs> <laughs> she would... <laughs> I know your mom, so I'm really interested to hear what you're going to say. <laughs> no, she would just be like... I don't know what she would think. <laughs> she would... She would just be like, okay, but I don't really like this type of music. <laughs> what would she want... What would she be like... What would she be thinking? I wish she would have given me this instead. Yeah. Or like... What, no, what would she have hoped that you give her instead? Oh, like she probably maybe would have thought it was my... Own music or <laughs> so she, no, no, I'm saying what would she have rather gotten instead? What album would she would rather gotten instead of this <laughs> as a gift? Uh, I don't know. Uh, who's a popular artist right now? Taylor Swift. No, someone else. More R and B. Oh. Um. Shy Girl? No. <laughs> I think along the lines... Uh, sure. <laughs> he has a... Maybe. Okay. Does Santana have a new album? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Nicki Minaj? Does she listen to that? No. Um, More like Soul... Tony Braxton? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Tony Braxton. <laughs> so she wishes you were to give her like... A, 2017 or 2007 Tony Braxton album. Maybe. Okay. You know what's random? She really liked Rob Thomas. That's not random. Oh. That totally fits within liking, like, I don't know. Okay. The kind of things that I think she Let's likes. Let's talk about your mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, what would your mom say if you... If I give her the album, she... Is she has she's no hold bars about no holds barred about gifts. Uh-huh. <clears throat> She'll be like, "Did you, did you like buy this and leave it in your car and forget to buy me something and give it to me?" <clears throat> yeah, that's what mine would think. She'd be like, "I usually get a box with Cartier or Tiffany's on it." 
Because that is the only gift she will accept. <laughs> You're like, no, mom, Pablo, honey, that's a new, <laughs> like, fragrance. I don't know. It's a new thing. It's fashionable. So she would think it was a joke. And I was going to say that she would rather have me gotten her, like, a either Tchaikovsky, because she likes classical music, or mm-hmm. Julio Iglesias, because she likes Spanish music. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but I think she would have just rather gotten jewelry. <laughs> Or maybe maybe perfume, but only if it was like expensive. And yeah. Okay. Uh, how about covers and remixes? Well, there's a demo version of the song, which I feel like is kind of like a remix, and it's quite different from the studio version because, um, because it's like a. Because it's recorded in a studio? No. No. Because it's... Weren't they both recorded in studios? Maybe. And why is one the studio version? The album version. I'm sorry. I misspoke. Sorry. I just wanted to be clear. I'm paying attention. Well, anyway, the demo version is like a conventional, more full band version and uh, it's higher energy and then the album version it's just acoustic and slower okay um it was covered once from from our in-depth research um, and it was uh, by someone named Christopher O'Reilly in 2003. You know who that is? Yeah, he does a lot of piano interpretations of Radiohead songs. Oh, okay. So. Do you... <laughs> Do I what? <laughs> what did you just snatch from the air? <laughs> Your face. <laughs> All right. Good segue into misheard lyrics. Um, the original <laughs> lyric was, "Your records are here. Your and records are here." The misheard lyrics are, "Your and egg cups are here," or "Your haircuts are here." <laughs> <laughs> what is an egg cup? <clears throat> that is one of those when you get like a hard-boiled egg. Okay. Or do people sometimes eat raw eggs? <laughs> no. No. I mean, yeah, sure, in, in like a protein drink. It's oh called the salmonella shake. I did that once. You did? Anyway. Were you trying to get yoked? <laughs> yeah, because don't they... Um, get, you know that's where getting yoked comes from, right? Oh, of course. No, it doesn't. Oh. But that's interesting. Being yoked comes from an ox when you... When you use an ox to plow the field, mm-hmm. you put a yoke on them. Oh. It's like a, a harness. Okay. But I just like yolk, like egg yolk. Yeah. People take egg yolks in protein drinks. Yeah. So it's probably an unintentional double entendre. You know how rare that is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you? Yeah. No. It's That's rare. Yeah. <clears throat> so... Yeah, I don't think I answered the question, but yeah, the egg cups are where you put the egg. <laughs> you and your egg cups. 
God. In the cup. It looks like a teacup or if you make cocktails, it's like one of those measuring devices. Yes. It's like a measuring device where one side is bigger and the other side is smaller. Exactly. Couldn't have said it better. And And it's about that size. Yeah. And you tap the egg with the metal spoon or whatever. And he doesn't want them around anymore. Or we were saying it's kind of like in the show. Is that a song lyric? Fleabag. Oh. Oh, she keeps leaving them. No, he keeps leaving. In Fleabag, her boyfriend keeps leaving a dinosaur so that he has something to come back for. Yeah. And so this whoever Tom is singing about, she keeps leaving these egg cups at his place. And he's like, girl... <laughs> Get the egg cup out. It's such a weird thing to leave because I wouldn't notice. No. Like, I would notice a little plastic dinosaur that was sentimental, but an egg cup? Yeah, it's like. Doesn't like somebody left a dish rag. Great, more dishes. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for your trash. <laughs> anyway. Oh. Oh. Uh. I had something to say. Yes. Related to egg cups. Mm hmm. Um, but I can't remember. Oh my god. Well, that's fine. So, go ahead. Thanks for tuning in. We're at the end of our um, podcast, number eight? Yes. Number eight. And next week we will be covering... The rest of the album. Cheers. (laughs) Cheers what? (laughs) Bye. Bye. Um, Rubber baby bubby bunker. Baby bunker. (laughs) That's sad. (laughs) Rubber, rubber buggy baby bumpers. Rubber buggy, rubber buggy baby bumpers. Rubber buggy baby bumpers.